0: to another episode of the collective podcast um i got i'm really stoked today because uh i've been trying to get jason on for i don't know since i met you at comic-con but today i got one of my favorite artists on i've been following his work since i was i don't know since i started drawing like got really into this kind of stuff and um i didn't really realize it was the same guy that i was seeing through the different ways he was working and until i actually met him at pod, at, at a Actually, before that, but when I met him at Comic-Con, we had a really good chat, and, and I got to see a lot more of his work and stuff, and I bought some of his books and stuff, but today I have uh, Jason Sean Alexander on, and he's a he's an artist. He's been working in comics for about 20 years, as he was saying, and, and um, he's been painting for about 12 years now. Um, his work's really phenomenal. I'll have links to all his stuff and um, the on the in the blog. So if you if you're interested in checking it out, but yeah, I'm I'm super geeking out because it's like one thing when when you grow up and you have like these ideas of what these people are and, and the work that they create, and then it's another to like be able to share a conversation or have some time with these people. And so I'm really stoked. And, and Jason, I appreciate you you know taking time out of your day to have a chat. Sure, not at all. <laughs> so welcome on the collective, man. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wanted to uh I mean there's so much to talk about. Um I really wanted to talk about like, you know, your origins, kind of how you got into this. Did you come from a family of artists? Did you discover art at a certain age and just realize that was something that you, you know, were, you know, must do? Like some of us are like how did you find yourself, you know, getting uh, into
1: this stuff? I, I first off, yeah, my my uh dad. Uh he Um, he was always drawing. Uh, I think he had always had, I think aspirations on some level of, of becoming a professional artist. It just, it never really worked out that way. Um, he wound up, you know, getting drafted and then there's family and then there's work after that, but he was always drawing and I always just kind of admired that. And I think part of it was my, it piqued that interest. And then the other side was, it was a way to connect with him more Hmm. and, uh, then I just started, you know, more and more and more, uh, and um, then I got into horror movies quite a bit. And so my first path uh, in high in junior high and high school was actually I was on the road to uh, trying to go to school for uh, makeup and special effects. And um, then at the age of seventeen, I discovered comic books. And uh, uh, all the way until seventeen. Yeah, I I had obviously been aware of them, but nothing. <laughs> you know, I'd kind of come in and out. What uh, was the comic that did it for you then? Well, I was excited for the things like the uh, uh, like the the Image guys. You know, yeah. and that was that was when I was at that age, and that's what was coming out. So,
0: yeah, they were kind of uh, like the Outlaws. They were kind of switching it up a bit because before that, we had we had kind of the mainstream of like Marvel and DC.
1: Yeah, these very graphic, very, uh, very expressive artists, and it really, it got me really interested in comics. But it was, um, it was then discovering books like The Crow and pretty much anything by Will Eisner that, uh, yeah, that could really changed it. Really changed my attitude toward comics and art. And from that point on, I, I was, I was bit. You know, I, there, was, there was no way in hell I was not going to draw comics because you could tell real stories that had actual weight and emotive value instead of just criminals and good guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the yeah, Will Eisner is really um, exceptional at that. Um, I w- I'm starting to go through, he has this one book, um, it's one of his first, uh, Contract with God, started working on it
1: reading that is the that, first
0: yeah that's one of oh. the old school ones yeah and uh yeah it's it's crazy i mean the art is different from the stuff that i it's it's this interesting way he expresses himself visually but it's he's got he carries some really interesting story and in the narrative and stuff it's really it's it's quite it's quite amazing actually um when you can get past yeah. certain things you know
1: yeah there's a level of of the 19 40s uh and 50s that that kind of his, his level of almost cartooning. But when you, when you get past that, it, it has that kind of cartoony thing. Uh, there's, it's hard to find someone as emotionally expressive and the stories were so mature. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, at the time when, cause he and, uh, Jack Kirby were buddies. And so at the time when you have the fantastic four being created, <laughs> you've got this other guy, writing stories about how it was to be a jewish kid dr- growing up in the tenements in new york
0: it's almost like you have to have that for the gal or the universe to be balanced out because they're completely polar opposites it's you know in a sense you know and it Absolutely. almost it almost like it makes sense for them to be like friends with one another to like be like oh you're doing this i'll go opposite you know i'll balance up yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it works and it shows how incredible the comics medium is that oh, those yeah. two yeah those two schools were being created at the same time. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's literally something for everyone.
0: Yeah. That's a really fascinating thing. I just, I was just getting, I, I read um, Will Eisner and Frank Miller's interview book. Have you read that yet? Or had a chance? No. Yet? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like it's, uh, it's for me, it's really cool because like I've always appreciated comics, but kind of only a couple of them really dug into and the rest of them, I just appreciate the surface level of like, that's a fucking badass piece of art you know yeah but i'm starting to get an understanding of like the business side of things and the culture and the heritage and all that stuff and the translation from comics to movies and cinema and and what comics are now as to comparison with our childhood and this book is really interesting because you have two of, of you know what the most powerhouse dudes you know in comic books? You got you know Frank yeah. Miller, who's written some of the best comics, and Will Eisner too. And they're uh, they're 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 great because they they get into really deep conversations about shit, but they're constantly arguing with one another, which I think is fantastic because they're pushing yeah. one another's opinion around, you know, which is great. So it's a really great read if you're into comics. Absolutely, because awesome. they didn't necessarily agree on a lot of things. Oh, of course not. No, it'd have been boring if they were just like stroking each other off. But they were totally contracting like contrasting each other's like points and thoughts and stuff which is phenomenal, you know? So it's a great yeah. read. I mean, for you, it's maybe, I don't know. For me, it's fascinating because I I mean, I'm just kind of like observing it from outside, but you've been in the comics industry for 20 years. So it's, maybe it's like, it's like, yeah, I know this shit. <laughs> I've been here for a while. I've been on this bus for a while. So <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's true.
1: I've, I've, and I've, I've gotten my, uh, my, my crowning fanboydom was that I got to, uh, to meet and actually talk with will eisner twice before he died oh wow so, that's
0: pretty phenomenal man yeah I, guess, I was a happy camper yeah of course you know like uh he's a he's a significant dude in the in the in the industry it same like like a guy like mobius or something you know if you had a oh, chance hell to, like, yeah. to talk yeah. and, and and pick the brain of of the childlike older man <laughs> mobius you know that <laughs> amazing genius head that never stops drawing. It's 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 cool, man. There's there's that's the one thing I really love about the comics deep down um besides all like, you know, the surface level of like the pow bang, you know, cop shoot 'em up stuff. I really appreciate um just the expressionism of everything, you know, like it's it's such an interesting uh it's a really interesting field of work. I just it you know, if, I've always wanted to do the comics as a kid and growing up and I just I don't know. I'd, I never, I lacked the discipline to, to follow through with a lot of it until now, but it's, <laughs> it's been really cool, man. It's been really cool observing it all from afar, you know, just like seeing how, you know, people like yourself have developed your career and, and seeing where your work is at now in comparison. It's almost like, um, if you had forethought, you wouldn't see where you're at now, like with your paintings and your art, because your yeah. work is, is full of energy and, and, and it's full of like expression, you know, like you're, you're, I think you really get off on the idea of like pulling out expression, you know.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and even in comics, when you talk to different comic book uh, artists and creators, like you couldn't get a more vast different opinion. Like there's so many guys that I know uh, and I'm friends with and kind of grew up in the industry with that look at comics as, as just an amazing day job. Like I get to draw the Blue Beetle or I get to draw this guy. Uh, And there's just an excitement to participate in this kind of, in in this, this world and and this, in this whole culture. And I look at comics as uh, an incredible form of personal expression that is budgetless and limitless. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's fun to draw characters that exist that you want to kind of add your name to, but for the most part, I'm a storyteller and I, I, for, I've, I've directed a couple of short films and it took only that amount for me to realize that that is not my bag it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very it's, challenging <laughs> yeah too many chefs in the kitchen like oh I, yeah yeah I, you know i work solitary and so the f- the films that i have done i held the camera i directed yeah <laughs> I, like, and um auto
0: die whatever yeah yeah
1: it was so much uh, there was so many other people involved
0: yeah it's a collaborative art form and most certainly yeah yeah. a lot of trust is involved in that
1: absolutely yeah and I don't have any trust
0: (laughs) well I think maybe you just need to find the right collaborators you know like I had the same problem until I met some of my my favorite collaborators and I'm just like oh okay this is what it's like to actually have somebody that you trust and you can hand something to them and they're just like they make it better than you ever could, and you're just like fuck. You're just blown away by that, and then you grow from that, and it's a vice versa relationship. But you know, it's like it's like a relationship, you know. It's just, but it's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to comment Absolutely. on that, I, I want to see your short films. I didn't know you did that. That's cool, man. Because that was what really sparked our conversation at Comic Con. Is it wasn't like hey, your art, uh, art. You know, it's like no, we were talking about movies and stuff, and I was like, hey, this guy has substance to him. He has interest beyond like you know. The art side of things you know and we were talking about I think a film in general was like uh, Solaris and that's one of my favorite sci-fi films um the George oh, Clooney absolutely. ones you know just because of how restrained it is you know and uh, yeah. Soderbergh's oh, like I, restraint for sci-fi was amazing I just thought it was so great
1: oh I just, and I just got my ass kicked watching um Under the Skin
0: uh, I haven't seen that yet and I really want to watch that um nobody will watch <laughs> it with me so I have to wait till it like comes out on dvd <laughs> or something but everybody's like it's so, so. but i want to see it because i know that i know that for me a movie isn't just like a beginning a climax and an end i like to go see movies for different reasons it's like tasting food i want to feel a weird feeling i don't care that's what david lynch films do for me it's not like i'm going to like eat popcorn and be entertained i'm going to to feel whatever he's trying to tell me and it's like it's like you know, a certain palette that they're serving me, you know? And that's what I think yeah. that this would be. It would be an experience of like a visceral visual
1: kind of uh, emotional. Experience. Get to the theater by yourself if you have to. The, okay, um, I'll, I'll go to, I, have, I need to go see this thing. Cause the same people that thought Solaris might've been pretentious or slow definitely <laughs> would, wouldn't like this. This, this takes it to a different artful level but yeah it's a guy that Holy made shit. sexy
0: beast and and uh, yeah.
1: a couple other ones I think too and it's such a departure um, that's great it's, it's beautiful it's it's it feels like an art film that you suddenly realize is a sci-fi film
0: that's great <laughs> that's what I think sci-fi should be um, you know it's like myself and a lot of people get lost in the idea that sci- sci-fi needs to be built around the idea of what like Star Wars had constructed and that's of course it is sci-fi but there's many different aspects of it, and and really, when you get down to it, it's more about you know telling a story, and and the genre it will follow in whatever suit you desire, you know. So, yeah, I, really, I need to see that. I recently I was telling you to check out um, Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you seen that. No, I've not seen that yet. It's pretty trippy. Um, a lot of people hated that too, but I enjoyed it. Um, on the level of I really love some of the scenes, and then I, what I really loved is that I feel like I'm, I'm getting so much closer to making a film like that. All I need is like, is an actor like that and a budget to make it, but I feel like getting these stories that are building out, they're getting really close to something that would be as entertaining or interesting uh, story-wise as this. So it was, it was really inspiring you know, for me, at least, as a future filmmaker of sorts to, to see the, the accomplishment of this guy because he actually um, – did you see um, – Prisoners, you see that film, Prisoners? That was his last film that he made.
1: No. It's pretty Wait, cool, who, man. Who was in that?
0: Um it's see. it was uh Jake Gyllenhaal was in it again. Um he was the cop and it was about like the this dude's it was the dude that plays Wolverine, I can't remember his name, but his uh Hugh. Right. He, he yeah, was, I saw the it was really the trailer phenomenal show. acting. Yeah, beautiful cinematography. Um there was a couple issues um, story-wise with it, but it was it had, you know, it's emotional pools and stuff and if you have kids it's a real heavy film to watch because it's about like you know kidnapping and just like really fucked up people and just like twisted shit so it's it's pretty trippy i'd recommend it it's in in the director it definitely has a sense and a style to himself which i think is really great so but i really i want to watch that under the skin though you're the you're the second person that has told me about it to watch it that wasn't like it's gay (laughs) so i want to see it just for the, the you know the the feeling of it, I guess, you know, so.
1: Yeah, and even as a guy, I mean, you know, you've got Scarlett Johansson running around butt naked through most of it, so, Sold. you know, win-win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, triple win. Yeah, I should go see it alone. All the movie boners I'll get then.
1: <laughs> as a as a filmmaker alone, like, there's some really interesting... We uh, I saw Under the Skin, and then directly after, I saw Locke. And I would just imagine, as a filmmaker, those two just might blow your mind on knowing that you can make really successful, intriguing movies in the most atypical way. That's great. I mean, yeah. Locke is Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and a half. That's oh, okay. all it is. Huh. <laughs> I have and to check that out. It's incredible. I'm writing this down right now. Because I, <laughs> I haven't
0: heard of the Tom Hardy one, so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's in theaters now. Uh, we just, I think it just came in, uh, wait. Yeah. A couple weeks
0: ago. Okay. I'm going to check it out. See, this is what's cool about our conversation now. It's almost like there wasn't, a, we didn't skip a beat between our conversation at Comic-Con until now. It's like, there's, yeah. there's obvious that we have a, a, a real big love for film and stuff. And, and that's what fuels a lot of our work. And I, and I see it in your work too. I feel that you, um, appreciate narrative and you appreciate film in a sense where it inspires your work. Um, it's just cool to see that because i think a lot of times myself included when we when i want to get inspired to do comic stuff i'll look at like comic book artists but at the same time i don't realize how influenced i am by like stanley kubrick films and composition and all that kind of stuff and that really brings a whole different dimension and what it does i think is it makes your work um stand out it makes it it makes makes it fuller it gives it more depth
1: if yeah. If once you really get that bug and you want to do visual storytelling on any level, if you're really paying attention and your work is going to become very layered, you you look at a Kubrick film and like so my my preference isn't filmmaking, it's it's comics, but it works for every kind of narrative, you know, visual storytelling. I look at Kubrick and I start thinking of negative space and panels and how to get space and time represented in a single image more effectively in my comics. yeah yeah uh you know i I, i read chuck palnick and i and i learned you know great choppy pacing on on still telling a very linear story like everything you know comes into play if you're paying attention uh you know fine art literature movies everything you know can be filtered in music you know everything affects how you create what you want to create.
0: Yeah. Music seems to be a big muse for you as well. Like do you, do you blast out music when you're working?
1: You would think that, yeah, I, it's very quiet. Like, yeah, you keep it really quiet. Huh? That's, I have immense, immense ADD. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, Uh, so the music that I play in the studio is, uh, there's very specific playlists, and the volume is kept at a a medium to lower side. I just want the um if it 's too exciting, then I just stop drawing and i 'm just running around <laughs> listening to the music <laughs> oh,
0: so if yeah. you so you're laser then so if you are if you aren't completely focused on one thing're it's, it's another thing that's it, and it's black yeah. and white for you yeah that's one thing yeah. I really enjoyed reading in your book um, in your undertow book. Um, I think it's the second undertow book. That's when I got at comic con and uh-huh. in, in the, in the thing in the Ford you said like, you know, I think you like apologize for disappearing or something like that. And I thought that was pretty funny because <laughs> I, I do the same thing. And, and if I didn't have a wife and a daughter, I would just can be completely uh, gone. I mean, maybe not now because I'm so collaborative with so many artists now and, and I'm trying to keep myself going out and exposed, but if I didn't, I'd definitely just become a recluse and and fall away into like the laser point, you know, like and that's yeah. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's cool. When I read that, I was like, oh, this is very relatable. Like this is really cool. Like I, I dig, I dig the way this guy's you know <laughs> <laughs> perceiving and being honest about like his addiction, you know, because it really is a, an addiction almost, you know, so
1: in itself, so. It is. I'm I'm not what I would have pres- I'm not I don't think the d- definition of a workaholic w- which I'm just trying to work and work and work to to get wealthier and wealthier. Like I I it's like Norman Rockwell was was the same way. He didn't know what to do with himself if he wasn't working. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh that's he would true, come out. that's a true form of love though, I think for it.
1: Absolutely. I I carry a sketchbook wherever I am if I'm not constantly trying to filter things into it and, and work that way. I don't know what to do. I luckily cl- cleared the vision or came up for air for a moment to meet the woman that would then become my wife. <laughs> so that was nice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. And, and congratulations, too, to you guys because you guys are having a child, huh? So that's a whole different dimension to your <laughs> your life about to change, you know? so <laughs> Oh,
1: man. And about... <laughs> in about four weeks
0: Wow man that's crazy
1: <laughs>
0: yeah it's a big change man i was telling you uh, i was saying that um louis ck's comedy is going to be make more sense to you too it's going to be more it's gonna be it's gonna be funnier because it's gonna be relatable <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's i crack
1: a, up at it and the fact that yeah we're about to have a little girl as well i'm like oh yeah there
0: we go yeah you're gonna watch it and you're gonna go like yeah okay yeah this all makes <laughs> sense <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome, you know, that's, that's a, I mean, congrats to you guys. That's a, it's a big undertaking. And, and I think to me, it's one of the most important and serious jobs that anyone in this world could ever take on is, you know, becoming a parent and then being good at it, you know, so it's just a whole different dimension, but yeah. I'm curious to see what that does for you and your work too, because when I became a dad, it changed me drastically because I instantly became a man, you know, I was like, yeah. oh, oh shit, <laughs> it's, it's not just me <laughs> and my stupid desires, you know, it's like, it's time to really like kick some ass, you know, and, and make, Absolutely. make a name. It,
1: you know? It's a different, uh, You're already there it, though, so. it's a different aspect well, to it. No, it, it really, I think that hits when it's your first kid, it doesn't matter what age you are. Like I'm, uh, I'm 38, and we. Uh, someone was asking me when they were reviewing my the current exhibition that I have in LA. They're like, "What's different about this?" Because I'm I really like this body of work. I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, and, congratulations on that too.
1: Oh, thank you. But uh, they were. You know, one of the questions was why. You know, what changed you know, your all previous interviews and things like that were kind of self conscious, and I'm trying to get better and all that. And in june no july shit i don't even know anymore um (laughs) last year is when we found out we were actually pregnant and without even having the kid yet just knowing that all of a sudden it was kind of like that i felt like a man i didn't feel like i needed to prove anything to anybody anymore i had different priorities a different kind of thing and all of a sudden my work I, I didn't realize that was going to be a missing link, but it gave me this confidence to work the way that I wanted to work without feeling like I needed to check myself or being self-conscious about anything.
0: That's it. That's a beautiful gift, you know? And only, only that kind of like level of responsibility and, and selflessness would give it to you, you know, which is like so weird, you know? You would never think that, but it's like almost the opposite effect. And it, it changes for, I mean, some people are changed by it in different ways. You know, some people are scared and run away from it. And some sure. people embrace it full, you know, head on and they embrace every step of the journey. And it's not easy, especially if you really care. That's one thing I find. I get constantly frustrated and I'm like, it's because I care, but I need to like chill out. So it's usually when I don't sleep enough because <laughs> I'm like, right. what the heck? I told you this last week. What the heck? <laughs> Pick up your toys. <laughs> yeah. But then just like now, now then I realize, you know, it's always like when you're a parent, you realize when you realize the what your parents went through, you know, and how, and, and I can't believe my mom raised me as a single mother. I'm just like, dude, how did you do it? You uh-huh. know, like that's a, that's a really, that's gotta be one of the hardest things I can imagine to do is to, to, to raise uh, two boys actually by yourself. just like, damn man, beast. It's oh, a beast yeah. mode, <laughs> but you know, Hey, and and that's, that's why I was asking you if you were art, stuff comes from your family because my mom drew as well. And my brother, they're both really talented as well. They didn't really end up doing something big with it. Like no. I guess in the queer sense of it, but um, it was always an inspiration for me. And I, and I was wondering, cause that's one, that's one thing that seems to be pretty common for a lot of like high level professionals is like, yeah, you know, my family drew or like somebody in my family was really big into art. And that's what kind of inspired me to do it. Connected the dots basically. Yeah.
1: Nice. And do you work out of the house?
0: Yeah, I work from home. And do you as well?
1: No, I <laughs> Yeah, uh-uh, I I tried that. <laughs> and especially with the kid on the way, I, I think I'm I'm even more thankful that my my studio is at a separate location. Yeah, uh, you need a separation. I, and I know for for a good few weeks, like the work is just going to fall off the planet anyway just cuz you know, I'm not Yeah, when we found out we had a kid, it wasn't the uh, you know, that's what happened with my work. It wasn't Oh, I need to adjust and become more mainstream so I can make more money. You know, she she's already given me a gift of like a certain a different level of confidence that I've never had. Sure. And I just I just want to meet her. I want to hang out and play with her and so.
0: <laughs> it's your creation, so it's like,
1: man. It's like your yeah. the,
0: your 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 chemical makeup between you and your loved one. You know, it's it's such such an interesting it's an interesting thing, man. It's a really it's a really interesting thing. And that's like you know, when you break down, for me, in my opinion, when you break down, like, you know, us as creatures and what we've done here on Earth and this and that, it's like, when you can create life from life, it's like, it's a pretty phenomenal thing, you know, if you really sit there and think about it, it's like, damn, that's, it's pretty amazing, you know, like... Um, I in, in I don't know. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you get it's, lost it's in like, you know, the, yeah, you get, especially now that the parenting of today's age, it's like kids are wrapped in the fucking, you know, bubble wrap and shit. And, you yeah. know, like it's a whole, it's this different, you know, it's like the seatbelts on top of seatbelts on top of seatbelts <laughs> wrapped in, tw- you know, like it, and so I don't know there's, there's different dimensions of how to be a parent and all that stuff. But
1: yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about the next generation being. Like my, you know, mine was still that generation that had, that was, you know, mid and late seventies that there wasn't a lot of the protective things that parents go overboard with now. Yeah. So this next generation is going to be this overly coddled thing that, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can still kind of be a little abrasive and, you know, you know, grow a, grow a little badass girl. Yeah, of course, you know, Maybe,
0: yeah. it, it, t- tough love is good, you know, like within reason. But I mean, you know, yeah. what the hell do I know? You know, every, <laughs> that's, like, that's, a, that's another crazy thing. It's like the toughest, hardest, like most crazy, responsible job. And nobody yeah. knows how the fuck to do it. No. <laughs> There's no well, right answer because you might, your kid might have autism or he might have like some kind of... Aspergers, or you might be chemically yeah. imbalanced, or she, or whatever, and you don't know how to deal with them. And everybody's different in their makeup and how they enter, you know, enter the world and stuff. Yeah, I'm super lucky. Our, our daughter is just really phenomenal. She's just an amazing little kid, and and uh, mm. she's just she's just a joy. And I hope the same for you too. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> and even with that, it's still really difficult.
1: You know, it's like you know, it was an odd. I don't know if if this, I haven't talked to anybody where that kind of uh, a literal awareness, uh, uh, came into play. But the first time I was like, Oh, she's pregnant. Look, there's a bump and all this other stuff. And as soon as I felt her kick for the first time, mm. all of a sudden the magic and the miracle and all that stuff completely went out the window. And I saw everything biologically. And I looked at it as like, Oh my God, we grow our young inside of us.
0: Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
1: <laughs> it became such a weird alien thing that once it's yours and you're aware of it, I'm like, holy shit, we completely grow our young inside of us until we're ready to spit them out, and then they feed off of us. I'm like, this is insane.
0: Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. It's life from life. It's just a really crazy thing, you know, and and you're going to get older, and she's going to get older, and it's just going to be this interesting interaction, and it's a job that never ends, you know? So, yeah, it's crazy. It's a, It's a really cool thing, man. Like, I could talk on and on about it. It's a really... It's a really interesting thing. And what I like to see and what's cool to hear, it sounds like it already just happened to you, but you change. You transform as an artist because as an artist, um, especially like yourself, you're very expressive with your emotions and the way that you work is very expressive. So your work and you as a person is going to be directly reflected of that. And so who you're going to become and, and, you know, like you might change in different ways that you would never understand until you know like that change occurs but it's going to be really interesting to see the transformation within your work you know so
1: yeah no it's gonna do baby
0: portraits
1: (laughs) yeah i literally did a couple of little layouts as to how i want to start doing a couple of pictures of her when she comes awesome man there it's there you go man that's cool it's a a weird thing on what changes like when we first found out we're pregnant like one of my first i was excited and then i was like you know one of the changes i was like oh i uh I'm gonna have to dry out i'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to drink less so. yeah. Oh, yeah and then you know like you get those very like still immature kind of jokey things, and then all of a sudden when the pregnancy got more and more real, then all of a sudden like these major emotional and psychological changes started coming over and it was it was great like it, it even, even when we first found out we were pregnant, it was still kind of a jokey like oh shit, like well, there goes drinking a lot and then all of a sudden it just the realer it got, the more amazing it got, and the more I don't know.
0: Yeah, you, you just <laughs> fill it with different things, you know. Yeah, I mean, you these guys are like, going yeah.
1: to hear us talking about kids the whole time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I apologize, <laughs> I apologize to anybody that doesn't have kids, and if you do have kids, you'll understand it. But if you don't have kids, like it's not like we're trying to just talk about it. Like it's something that's you know, if you don't have it, it's not relatable. It's, it's just the responsibility and what that brings to your work, you know, like it's a whole different transformation, you know? So, but yeah, we, we can talk about other stuff, but I just, you know, I, that's what I, I find interesting because these are the things that don't usually get talked about or like for some, it's really weird for me too, because that, those are the huge things in life, you know, like the pivotal things, you know, like these things that really transform you as a human being Unless, you know, you're all surface level and there's nothing to your work, but that's not <laughs> the case with you. You're, you, like, for you, just from what I perceive from being an observer of your work is is you put a lot of emotion and energy into your work, and so it's kind of connected, so
1: oh thank you yeah it's even the comic book work i I try to be as
0: yeah that's what you know open as
1: humanly possible
0: yeah, yeah exactly and which is cool and it's just it's like you're connecting all these things together and and that's what caught my eye really um i've been like i said i've been observing comics since i was a kid i've been really into them and when i found your work i think it was through dead irons was this thing you did i got your book oh, right nice. here, the dead irons and i was like what the fuck like, this This isn't, like, Jim Lee, like, number five. This is, like, <laughs> totally unique, you know? And then uh, then your Batman stuff, I was like, yes, because, you know, Batman's one of my favorites. And so I was like, this is killer. This is a really cool way of seeing it. Um, and I was doing a job, I think it was, like, a... It's working at, like, a studio or something, and I was like, man, I didn't know who you were at the time, and I, and I didn't know how to, like, search Google properly enough to find you, I guess, but I really wanted to, like, get you or have you hired or something to do some stuff for this one crazy job we had, but it never worked out, so, but it was cool being able to meet you in person at Comic-Con, and, and perhaps, you know, something will come along the lines or something. I was going to ask you too if you're not doing art and painting and stuff like that do you have other interests or is it are you just completely obsessed with it and been doing it since you started
1: There's there's not a moment where I don't have a sketchbook near me but yeah there's uh you know you have to you know it's, it's like writing or music anything like you have to go and experience life in order to come back and communicate it Um yeah. so I love uh you know i I love movies i love music i love reading whenever whenever i have that free moment um we love to to travel and you know i'm I'm, if if it's not making art it's people watching and so i love going out and you know um we go up to you know wine tasting in santa barbara and things like that like you know just when you you have those yeah it's beautiful you guys go to napa Um, at all I have not been up there yet. That is Pretty sick. well that, that was one of our main goals for the year.
0: And, uh, <laughs> you can do it again. So you have the Bjorn. Might, on. Might
1: change a little now.
0: <laughs> you have the Bjorn with the you might spill some wine on the on your head. On her head. Uh, <laughs> here's some wine. That's no, really nice up there though. My wife is really into that stuff. I don't I don't really drink at all actually, but she's really into it and that's like one of those things that we do to bond. So but yeah, Santa nice. Barbara is really cool too. It's a beautiful town. Like, it's like this weird little pocket. It's like, where did, where, where'd where this town come from? Yeah. Because you have, like, L.A., and I'm not a big fan of L.A., and then you have, like, all this in-between, like, cookie cutter stuff, and then you have, like, Santa Barbara. It's, like, out of nowhere. It's like this. like a little cool little cultural, like, hub right here.
1: I love that what you do for a living and you're not a fan of LA.
0: Uh, dude, I couldn't, I could, <laughs> if I never had to go to LA again, I would just like be the happiest dude. I just, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't ex- try to be positive about it. And that's about as positive I can say. I just like, I just don't like LA and any, like at all. It's like my, more my, my, the least favorite city of all of the States. This <laughs> is like lacking everything that I love about cities. Like I really enjoy San Francisco. Um San Francisco oh, okay. I, but I love how condensed it is, and I think that's what I have a problem with with l a um but I've always had like bad experiences there usually it's just like the traffic's just like the worst thing ever if you want to get yeah. anything done, and then a lot of the people that I've met that were like there it's just like they're just really weird people they're like not even people, they're like Facebook like emoticons <laughs> or something. It's like
1: <laughs> where's your soul this, at? <laughs> I had this conversation last night over uh I was meeting a couple of fashion designers and they were talking they were in la for a bit and uh and i was saying like it's it's such a bizarre city that i've heard more people when they come to visit say they've had horrible la experiences but it's one of the it's a city that one you need you need the proper guide uh of course there's there's
0: some really great parts i can't yeah yeah, it literally is the city
1: that you make it and it's It's, very easy to be shitty it's very easy
0: but
1: you can if you work at it you can actually like my LA is probably very different than most people than a lot of people's LA. But Well, you've been living there shit. for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it took me 10 years to figure out how to like this yeah. city. Yeah, patience, dude. I'm like, "Get out of here."
0: I could, I could stand like a couple days of it and I'm like, "Ah, like, I've seen enough 7-11s. It's like fucking 7-11 on every block, man." Like <laughs>
1: It's like it's cool. true. And, and then, now every time we go to New York, I I'm really I'm like salivating. Like yeah, I, there you I, go. I want to
0: be in New York for a while. That's a city. While, yeah, it's a know. city. You, if you do, you, have you um, been to Europe much at all? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, mostly, mostly Italy and um, uh, and Berlin. Um, oh, cool. Berlin's killer!
0: That's the only one I've been yeah. to. I love Berlin. See that? See the feeling I get from Berlin? I'm just like, this is fucking killer. Like, I want this. <laughs> this is awesome. It's got like crazy awesome culture. It's got age and depth to it, and it's got it doesn't have 7-Elevens on every fucking
1: corner. <laughs> it's got Subways on every corner now, though. That,
0: that's okay. Hey, you gotta you get around easier, you know. So yeah, but I really no, I no, love, like the restaurant. <laughs> oh, Subways, that's true.
1: They yeah. were yeah. they were picket they were picketing. They were like, all right, it's enough with the goddamn Subway.
0: Yeah, get this shit out of here. We want more shawarmas. Yeah, shawarma stands. That, I got addicted to those when I was out there. I, like I had yeah. them like every day. It was like, because, yeah. you know, in like Southern California, we have like, ex- ex- like epic uh, Mexican food, especially San Diego. And um, out there, it was like the shawarmas were like, that was the shit. Like my friend, so good. my friend Ben and, and his wife and I, we'd go to hit the shawarmas like all the time. I'm like, dude, <laughs> give me that falafel. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just so filled with like just awesomeness. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate it. I'm going to be out in Barcelona in like, I think like three weeks now i'm super excited never been i've heard it's amazing so i can't wait for that too i'm excited just because it's like there's something really beautiful about um well i guess people care about the town and take care of it but when they take care of the town or they just they're really into the culture it's just so rich that like i don't get that in san diego really because it's so new and Mm -hmm. everything's like stucco nation you know so um it's just like when i go out there i just get overwhelmed by like Fuck, there's like bullet wo- like bullet holes in here from like the wars and shit. Like on these right. walls. Like that's fucking crazy. And like and Berlin was really
1: cool because it had so much um you know, history, yeah, they, you know. They keep the uh in Thank the middle you. of all these beautiful new banks, they keep some of the burnt out buildings. Fucking it's incredible. Awesome.
0: It's so cool. And it's it's yeah. so cool because like they understand the reason to do that you know they're not like let's just plow it all over and rebuild it's like let's make sure we keep some of our past here you know not as like a right. bad memory it's just like it's just beautiful it's like patina of culture you know it's like i really appreciated it it was it was killer nice. man i definitely dig it but that's i mean you've been like you said you've been in la for a long ass time then huh so it's like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah if you i mean my brother lived there for a long time you lived in like um culver city for a while yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah it it's is, one of those, though. I, I, I enjoy it and I know how to navigate it. But if, like right now, if, if my wife wasn't an actor and kind of, and still at the point where she needs to be here, yeah. um, I, w- I would totally be heading uh, east.
0: Yeah. Where would you uh, go?
1: Uh, between, between Boston and New York, somewhere oh, cool. around yeah. there where it's like easy access to both. Like, awesome. I, um, i like the i like these i like cities it's time for i need a little more you know edge a little more hustle and bustle like it's, it's fantastic to have great weather all the time and everything true. be so sure. spread out but convenient yeah yeah i need that's true. you know i always need that i always need everything <laughs> so yeah i need i need to be uh um what is it the uh integrated close to everything? shit no, by coastal There we go. Oh, by coastal Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Massachusetts is rad. I used to um, live in Waltham, so it's like kind of outskirts of Boston. But in oh, Massachusetts, nice. Yeah, Massachusetts is rad, though. I really like that. And the people are rad there, too. And that's like, that's that has some really awesome culture out there, too, because it is old, older mm-hmm. at least, you know, than where we're at. So it's... Definitely has oh, like yeah. an edge to it and stuff, so yeah i do, i I enjoy to have some family out there. I want to go back out and visit and stuff, not in the summer though it's, it's so fucking humid, it gets ridiculous, like, right yeah, but and then the winters get pretty nasty, <laughs> but yeah, uh,
1: always spring spring, you know, you yes know, exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's actually really killer out there in spring that's like. When oh, I was geez. in Boston, that's really when I got into comics, like really heavily. That's when I first saw, like, Ghost in the Shell and I saw Akira, and then I got really into manga, and then I um, got into, like, you can, Spawn. You can't and tell that shit.
1: from looking at your stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't can't tell I'm such a fucking fanboy. So, <laughs> but yeah, I know it's definitely uh, that was when I got the bug. So I, it's a fond memory. It's like, oh yeah, I remember like being a kid going to the comic book shop and stuff. Was that you growing up? Were you really into like going to the shops and stuff? Were you kind of like just wanting to stay home and draw and work on stuff? Were you into the culture of it and going to the comic cons and all that kind of stuff?
1: Oh yeah, I think once you find it and you first get that bug and and. You know, comics are amazing. It's um, you know, un- unlike movies and and music, you don't have to wait an entire. You know, if if your favorite director makes a movie, you might get to see another one next year. Oh yeah, um, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> and comics. I mean, my god, you show up every Wednesday, and there's like hundreds of new things to look at and and learn and and read, and you know. So yeah, I was. I get overwhelmed I, personally. Lazy. back in the after, there's my here's my old man thing uh back in the day it just seemed like there was <laughs> so many more interesting books i think image i it's funny i i for years i've not even stepped into a comic book shop and now that i'm kind of re-em, re-emerging myself into it with trying to do some creator own stuff yeah i'm going i'm going back to see what the hell's out there sure just to see like and, the tone of it yeah
0: yeah and it's, it's overwhelming right. dude it's overwhelming yeah I, like i went there's a comic book shop here it's huge it's massive and i went in there and i literally have sensory overload and if you're like me which it sounds like you get like it's like uh you got the laser thing going on you're just like yeah. focusing on it. but it's like when your lasers going everywhere in a room it's just like oh my god and then i end up buying nothing because i'm like i can't tell what to get and right. I don't know what's good. And they always fool me with, like, putting guys like year art on the cover. And then I open it up. It's, like, some <laughs> fucking art shit. And I'm, like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers. You got my $5. They won't let me open it up at the store because I'm, like, hey, if the art is as good on the cover as it is inside, I'm buying this because it's, I'm going to enjoy the art. And then I'm going to really enjoy the writing, I'm sure, you know, unless the writing's crap. And then i will maybe be right. pissed. but. <laughs> that's that's my big complaint too now it seems like it's like comics have become this like uh like people are realizing that they have a little bit of monetary monetary value and they're like yeah let's like wrap it up and nobody can touch it and don't put your fingerprints that's like dude what's the point of that you know like yeah grab industry, it open it tear it apart who cares read it digest it you know like
1: yeah, yeah. industry and, and comic purchasing culture is, is a horrible thing but yeah when i'm with you when i go in just to see these you know and since i've been away from it i don't i don't necessarily i don't recognize a lot of names now and and i just see these big huge racks full of everything it's like those uh it's like those paintings that look like nothing but if you stare really long you'll see some kind of image come out of it. (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it yeah it's a comic look at these racks i'm like all right try to there's gotta be something here,
0: <laughs> and that's a bummer because there's tons of people pouring their hearts out, you know. And it's like that's another thing I feel bad for. I'm like, how am I not supporting everybody here? Like, why am I not buying all these? Because like I should be supporting my fellow artists. I just can't. I can't figure out what I want. It's almost like when right. I go to comic, like I, I, like every time I go to Comic Con or like a comic convention or something, I, I, I equate it to. Being on the internet in the physical sense without any fucking ad blockers on. And you're just feeling all the fucking (laughs) pop-ups. Oh, my God.
1: 18 Batman titles. 17 X-Men titles. That's enough. (laughs) Yeah, dude, come on.
0: (laughs) Joker is his mom. No Joker is his dad. No Joker is him. Uh. (laughs) I was like, wait. How dare you spin it. And I'm it?
1: asking people. I'm like, wait, the Joker took his face off to put it back on. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, just for the pain of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: R- Rob Liefeld draws Lobo. What the fuck?
0: So. <laughs> There's a lot of it's. It's a really interesting industry. It really is, and and it's funny that it's cool. At least that I'm not alone there. Because when I go to these things or these conventions or whatever, I get absolutely overwhelmed, and and part of me hates it because I'm just like I just want to go home. And part of me is like. I just want to draw, so I want to get away from everybody, so I could just go and get all this yeah. like creative jizz out of my hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poetically spoken.
1: <laughs> it's the most disgusting and accurate way to put that. That's fantastic. <laughs> you could quote it in your book. <laughs> you know, my my one of my favorite things, like absolute favorite, is the San Diego Comic Con going through uh, Artist Alley. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's that huge. Is, yeah. Like, it, it gets, you know, there's so much craziness in that convention. Oh, yeah. But Artist Alley is at least somewhat organized, but you're going to see guys in that, whether they're established, whether they're coming up, or whether they're old, you're going to see the people in Artist Alley are goddamn passionate. Like, oh, yeah. they are, you know, I did Artist Alley for years and years and years, and those are the guys that are, still there and it's unique it's it's original stuff and i that's where i spend most of my time i go over there and i i, I buy most of the books and zines there good and then yeah. i i just go back and do sketches
0: that's but, awesome yeah that's where i th- i have the same thing if for those who are listening that don't know comic-con haven't been or have it don't know what artist alley is, is there's a section usually on the far left of comic-con convention and the comic-con when i used to go is very a lot smaller it's got huge mm-hmm. now. It's massive, and now in, in Artist Alley, it's it's actually just rows and rows of of independent artists, artists that are trying to come up, or like Jason was saying, guys that are creating their own intellectual properties and wanting to promote it and stuff. When, you know, without the backing of like a bigger publisher and editor and all that stuff, and it's killer. Because the funny thing though is, I always relate it. Is I go through the aisles, and it's like online dating or something like, but it's right there, and it's like I don't want to make eye contact with the artist unless I see the art, and I'm like. I'm down with this. I'm gonna go talk to this person. But if I don't like it, I try not to make eye contact because they feel so horrible. They look like little puppies in a shop, and they're just like, "Look at me! Can you pet me for a minute? Can you come and talk to me for a second? I just feel so bad if I don't like give them my time,
1: you know. But it's, oh,
0: absolutely! But, but that's when art, I,
1: though, you know. So you either love yeah. it or you hate it, you know. So I was 18 when I started. Uh, I got with a bunch of a couple of friends, and we started self publishing, mm. and we. Uh, when we went to those conventions, man, I was, I was a fucking car salesman. I wouldn't, if you, if you made eye contact with me, you were buying a book <laughs>
0: like, you're, you're
1: like at that point, all you want. And I would just give them away. If people were like, no, oh, sure. I have no cash on me. I'm like here. I was yeah. like, I just wanted, I Get just wanted out. people to see my stuff. Yes.
0: That's smart. And it's yeah. Smart. Yeah, and you have so much stories and cool stuff to talk about I sure i can't like i am trying to like you say little things and i'm like fuck i need to make sure i go back to that and like to extrapolate on these things because like i'm so interested in this stuff myself as well because i want to be able to develop my own self and and my own creations and stuff and it's so cool like i think you're you you touched on a little bit you're getting back into comics from painting a little bit and you're wanting to make your own properties and stuff and so you've come like full circle basically at this point, now it seems so. When you started out, you were self publishing with your friends, and then, um, you got noticed by, you know, how did that happen? Did you, were you just at the Comic Cons and you're just like used car salesman guy? And then somebody's like, hey, you can draw Batman. And you're like, ah, <laughs> no, Batman Absolutely. came later. I'm sure you have to earn that, like those ranks,
1: you know, to get to Batman, I'm sure, but, um, that that was the most random it was it was an interesting it was a pain in the ass um, <laughs> break, breaking into comics
0: oh yeah it's so oversaturated is why you get yeah. to like I'm climb on the corpses of your fellow artists <laughs>
1: just, I, i'm still <laughs> like at the years that we did it like there was there were more distributors other than diamond mm. um, there was a bigger market it was a definitely more diverse market and um, and i i learned the industry on the back end first So then when I actually started getting picked up and doing work, I already knew how to promote myself at conventions. And I already knew the distribution side, the publishing side, the advertising side. And um, yeah, I I went to conventions and I just threw my books at all of these publishers. And then a couple of them, you know, were interested. And one of them at the time was called Serious Entertainment. And they, uh, they picked me up to do a book for a little while. And then after that kind of fell flat, I, uh, I wound up doing Queen and Country for Oni Press, and that got some good attention. It got Eisner nominations, and then nothing. I'm like, it, it felt like that door was open, and I was so excited. And then when I turned around, the door was so shut it wasn't even funny. Oh. Like I, <laughs> I could not get any other work. Wow. Uh, I wound up, you know, I was supporting myself doing, you know, well, supporting myself might be very. Liberal term. <laughs> 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 what we <were you> doing? <laughs> no, noodles and and getting your electricity shut off might not be considered supporting yourself.
0: Yeah, ramen, but, dude. Ramen, <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. A cup of noodle. <laughs>
1: uh, and it was, I mean, I was you know working with guys. You know, working in studios with guys like George Pratt and Kent Williams and those guys. And I literally like. Marvel would look at my stuff at conventions, and they were like, "We really like it. We have no idea what to do with you." Yeah, so, but that's sorry. what's
0: cool. You're so unique, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're like they're like, "Well, you're not Jim Lee number five, So, you know, yeah. I don't know so where they to were put just you. Just shutting you,
1: doors know? left and right,
0: and you, you would kill would, it on so many huh? titles with them, and they would just it'd be so different. You know, it'd be a breath of fresh air. I would thought, but they didn't take the risk. So silly fuckers. No. But sorry, you were saying. Sorry, I'm all I'm all getting pissed. <laughs> Those masters. <laughs> yeah. And I...
1: It you know, it, it it took uh yeah, it it took like a some uh, a, like a failed attempt at getting a Dark Horse book going for them to actually give me a chance on something. Sure. And, it's a risk. And Dark you know? Horse wound up being my way in. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Dark Horse is it seems to be um a good they're they're kinda keen on an understanding of talent that um they can mold and change and in and, and, and a and a, and, a and, and create a a window uh for the public towards it it seems you know like they take a lot of risk it seems you know i think uh who is it is Mignola's on there now isn't he no is he i can't remember Uh, oh yeah yeah Dark Horse Horse, Horse. yeah Mignola that's that's his thing and there's a couple other artists too like i said i don't really follow it too closely (laughs) they have like a couple names (laughs) and that's about it but um they they seem like the company that they're more open to like okay this guy has a different style let's capitalize on that instead of like this isn't like The cookie cutter dude that we can have him draw like hulk smashing a wall for the
1: fucking trillionth time (laughs) 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 the the kind of work that they do being a being a very standard comic book artist isn't preferable so they're they're very open to different styles and they really
0: pre- uh, seem to be, like, appreciative of yeah. of the creative form. And not like other companies are at all. I'm not trying to say that because there's there's beauty in that. And a lot of these things, these complaints that I have about movies and all this kind of stuff, it usually is, is all due to, like, the people that buy the shit, you know? Like, you know, like, oh, sure. it's like people complain about those games like Call of Duty because it's just, like, the same thing over and over just with better graphics. But it's just the people that are buying them that are keep pushing them through, you know? Like, they're, like, the best-selling games, you know? so like Oh, yeah.
1: It's always <laughs> supply and demand. Yes, and,
0: exactly. Like, yeah, so it's not like you can't just blame the publisher or the the distributor. They're they're just being like a means to the end for it, you know. But um, I, for me, it's like I, maybe it's because I appreciate art in a different sense beyond like you know, um, the Hulk smashing the wall the, for the hundredth <laughs> time. I really appreciate like you know the use of light and shadow and then design, and that's one thing I really love about like. Mike Mignolo's work, I'm a big fan of his, which is cool that you did Ape Sapien stuff too, which is must have been pretty interesting, huh? For you. That was a blast. Did you get was... a chance to, to work with him directly or was it kind of like
1: just through Yeah, it was it was uh the Ape Sapien was a hundred percent his script and um killer. He's adept, p- smart that dude. Po- oh yeah. At that point he wasn't I think he does now, but at that point he didn't literally type out his scripts. Hmm. Uh, so they would come to me as scanned PDFs of literally the legal notepads that he wrote everything and drew doodles on. <laughs> so good, like that was my script.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so, That's cool, man. And and are, were you a fan of his work at all prior?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I think my, uh, I think he's the he's one of the few that I think would be the closest to that level of Eisner. Eisner style, Agreed. just genuine storytelling.
0: Oh yeah. I, agree. I, I 100%. want to
1: immerse you in the story and these, these little cutaway panels and and the way that he paces time i think i think it's fantastic
0: he's a he's a brilliant uh comic book artist he's, he's like one of my favorites too and, and i and and not only is he great at storytelling and entertaining things like like i love the hellboy pancakes one like that's like this such yeah. a weird story you know but it's so good because it's uh it's got this clever humor to it and it's a uh, the whole thing like I, i've been listening to some podcasts with him it's been kind of like a thing that i listen to every month or so just to remind myself of like you know, how this successful person's ma- managed to to make his career, but I love that he he just kind of discovered uh, Hellboy off of, like, on the side time of drawing other people's stuff and realized, hey, this is kind of fun, and mm-hmm. I'm really interested into, like, all this horror shit, and I have all this, like, stuff in my brain, you know, and and he's created this amazing franchise off of it, and the love that he has from it trans- transferred and went to, like, Guillermo, and Guillermo loves it, too, and, and he made his own version of his creation, it's just so interesting, you know, so...
1: absolutely it's really cool yeah you read you read that Abe Sapien script and it's you you can imagine panel by panel what it would look like had Mike drawn it yeah and and so it was just thrilling to have those that kind of the the, literally the Mignola's script and, and that kind of pacing but I get to do it in my much more organic kind of I don't know not necessarily more you know organic kind of expressive kind of style but but it's still, the story's being told by Mignola, so it was so nice to kind of really dip my toe into that world.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's cool, like, I can see <clears throat> some of his artistic interpretations, like, through some of, like, it might have been from the thumbnails that he had or something, but I could see his ideas or his sense kind of transitioning between the two of you two, which is really cool. Like, a, I don't know, it's really, it's a, really um, a cool collaborative. And so when you, um, is that the only time you've had a chance to work with Mike?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, there was a there was a Hellboy, proper Hellboy one shot that came out with the video game, uh, and then I think it was finally put into one of the big collections. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, it was just those two those two books. But it was um, the first thing I ever did for Dark Horse was a Van Helsing one shot that was that accompanied the movie. Oh, okay, like it came with a
0: DVD or something.
1: It it was like. Van so there was a, <laughs> that really horrible movie
0: <laughs> dude it's but, the best movie ever
1: how dare but you but <laughs> i did the story that
0: you wrote the script and directed it <laughs> i did, I'm I did blaming one-shot
1: you. comic that was like it either happened before or after the story in van, van helsing uh, but it was me getting to do my own version of the uh, creature from the black lagoon oh okay
0: That's and it was
1: cool. in it was because i did that then apparently Mignola saw it and said, "Oh, this guy should draw Abe Sapien," and then that's yeah. how that worked.
0: Killer, and that's what's cool. Like um, you never know where you're going to go, and that's why it's always good to be optimistic and put all your passion into it at all costs because you never know if one door opens to the other one, which opens to the other one. I, I doubt it. If I would have said, "Hey, when you when you do this Van Helsing shit, Mike's going to see it, and you're going to do some Abe Sapien shit, and you're going to be like, yeah. no way, no fucking way,' <laughs> you know, you never would believe these kind of doors would open, you know, but it's just that's how it transitions. You, you,
1: um, you, get out, you get out what you put in. And yes, if you're yes. 100% in there, you don't even know it, but there's doors opening all around you. And you just have to, you wind up, if you're 100% invested, then you wind up seeing these tiny little opportunities that are there that you wouldn't see if you were just kind of half assing it or just doing something for kicks. Totally.
0: And that's uh, that's been a lesson that I've had to learn. The hard way as being a freelance sometimes i'm in like i have my foot in one thing and then my foot in the other one just so yeah you can transition it's i'm sure you know how that juggling act has to be played out you know and it's it's challenging because like you can never really be like completely dedicated to one thing which you need to when you're making really great art but the 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 benefit to that i mean i guess there's different things but i think what you're saying is absolutely true when you give yourself completely dedication to something all those little nuances that most people wouldn't see become apparent because you've you know you've been working on it for 20 hours when somebody else was doing it for 19 hours or something you know and <laughs> and that extra little magic hour like you know it's like I usually get them like when I'm sleeping or like when I wake up or like when I'm about to sleep all those epiphanies hit
1: you know oh yeah it's know. when um it's, uh your brain uh, realizes that your body can't do anything about it. So mm-hmm. it actually relaxes and allows itself to think. Nice. It, it 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 frees itself up because you know, you can't go pay a bill, you can't go clean the house, you can't go do this errand, you can't go work on this project. So everything else that gets pushed down is kind of free to run around. I have to keep a I keep a notebook by my bed too, because as soon as I lay down, <laughs> stories. Stories, <laughs> ideas, yeah, images good. and like and that's if I don't sketch them that's that's it diarrhea all right no you get like constant
0: get blue balls yeah yeah like uh that's a that's a really funny thing too to think about' it's like um and it's such a what a fucking cool um gift that we have that we've allowed ourselves it's not we have it's like i always it's what's one thing that, I don't know if you're the same way, but when people are like you know you're the guy's really talented or he's lucky or I'm like fuck off dude, this shit takes so much work, so much sacrifice to be this like be good at anything like at this caliber you know it's like it's not easy. And, um, it's like, it's what, what's really cool is that, um, I think a lot of people have these ideas and dreams and are whatever, but they aren't able to translate them. And it's really a beautiful thing to be a a connection, like a connected passageway, basically. And that's what I really love about film is because it cannot, it combines all the the art, you know, like the music, the pacing, the editing, the cutting, the shooting, the photography, the the writing, you know, like, and that's what I really get excited about it. But also the same thing with comics or narrative art or just visuals in, 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 in general is really cool. You know, the way that you can interpret emotions through, you know, either pixels or um, ink, you know, or whatever your medium would be.
1: Absolutely. And, and what, if there's a thing that sets me apart, uh, from a lot of, you know, other comic guys and things like that. It is that, that personal element. It's not, how can I draw this cool or whatever? It's how can I bring this? How can I bring that personal emotive element to it? You know, how, how, how can I really, uh, um, bring this other, you can basically like, how can, you know, how can I make sure that I have amazing actors in this? Like you can have a great script and a great movie, but if the acting sucks, you're gonna kind of enjoy it, but it's gonna fall flat. And yeah. yeah. I, I tend to try to bring, you know, and that's why I'm excited to do my own stuff because it feels Me like said. there's a good number of projects that I've done. That I've brought incredible actors into really bad movies.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no matter how much you bleed for it, it's just, it just it won't work out. You know the same. Absolutely. Thing so, and that's the funny, ironic thing is uh, whether you're doing like a, a commercial for Chanel or you're making a really amazing movie. Uh, most of the time, they're really you're putting the same amount of effort and time into it because they're both going to be extremely demanding. So mm-hmm. why, why don't you make the choice to make something that you really want to make, you know, like do something that yeah. you really you really feel passionate and, 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 and powerful about, you know. I think that's what's interesting too about a lot of artists' um, careers in general and the paths that people take is, is sometimes... They get lost in, like, obviously making money, which is important because we have to feed ourselves, but they get lost in thinking that, oh, this is, like, I originally wanted, and That's my that's been my fault, my undoing, is, like, I originally wanted to do comics, and I just couldn't cut it because I didn't have the discipline to keep going at it, mm-hmm. and then, uh, then I discovered design, and I discovered, oh, I can do design because I get an idea, I can do it and stuff, and it made sense, and then that's what t- turned me into where I'm at now but i'm going back to being a, trying to draw again because it's like that's that was my original intention you know like doing that and that's like a goal i have to check off before i die because it's like or i'll be like a ghost that haunts uh comic book shops and uh, i need to draw
1: comics <laughs> so stupid you probably wind up in a line behind all these other Uh, same (laughs) things like god damn it
0: (laughs) yeah exactly but uh yeah i'll try to fulfill that down the road and that was one thing i was gonna um i forgot like my train of thought but i wanted to talk to you a bit about like your publishing stuff or like how you were gonna go about i guess you probably don't know now because you're in the middle of it but i'm really excited and i'm really curious too and, and, and your take on it and i have a whole different take on the um the business side of things because they're completely different nowadays. The yeah. crowdsourcing, um, uh, you know, Kickstarter stuff like that, um, direct-to-source kind of consumer to creator kind of um, connectivity that really didn't have, you know, five to ten years ago. That we do have now, which is awesome. the The problem is, is everything's so oversaturated. It's hard to tell what's what. But the people, if you're really good, I think no matter what, people will see it. But what's your take on like kind of like how you see going through making your own content? Are you going to go through like one of the main hubs? Or are you thinking about doing self-publishing again? Or, you know, how I'm, are you thinking about doing it? <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me.
1: I'm, I'm testing waters right now with, with uh, main hubs. And that's purely based on uh, distribution and exposure. Sure. And um, ease, too. You can
0: just be like, you can trust that they're going to get it out there because they're making they're, yeah. they, they're making a dime on it, too. So,
1: Yeah. Um, I, as, as much as I love how much Kickstarter has changed everything. Um, you hate what it, too. You,
0: you bastard. No, no, I'm what, no, 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 I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> what you don't have with Kickstarter is that you don't have a, a, a commercial, you don't have a, um, a reader base. Uh, yeah. You can produce the book. And it can come out and it can be beautiful and you can give all your incentives back to the people that, that decided to send money in. But where does it go from there? That doesn't put it in comic book stores. It doesn't sure. put it all over the country. It doesn't go international. Like you, it's It's still that level of self-publishing that still exists no matter how great Kickstarter is. Yeah. And the so I like... Yeah, I still like the idea of if you go through... Even the more independent, like awesome companies like IDW and things like that, yeah. it's it's still going to be in every store. It's still going to get a really good – it's still going to get really good exposure.
0: The channels are there.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah i still, mean still
0: i guess we're still in that era too because we do have physical comic shops and all that stuff and then you know the distributors and their chains and you know they're feeding the the populace and all that stuff or what they get and stuff so yeah i just i think that um maybe maybe it's due in like another five or so years where it's going to be more of like uh the thing that worries me too is that um images are just so abundant and free on the internet you know and it's like you really have to create a fan base. You have to be very smart about how you create a fan base. Kind of like the guy, you know, like Todd McFarlane is another interesting character that I like to study and just see how he did it because he created a fan base, you know, and then he created like a fan base that was like addicted, you know, and had to have like everything and didn't care. And wanted it, you know, and that's how he raced, rose to the top, you know, amongst the many other competitors that he had was up against at the time, which is like huge titles like Spider-Man and like things that were around forever. But he decided to change it up. But I'm wondering what it's going to happen in the future with distribution, publishing, publishing. images in general um you know is what's the interaction is are people going to be okay with like continued the narrative sense of uh f- still images or are they're going to want more um moving fluid kind of stuff and does that even matter you know and it's just really interesting to me you know like just looking at it all from a whole and just looking at it from what the internet provides what artists provide what the publishers provide the different angles and stuff and, and, and creators like yourself, content creators like yourself, how are you going to go about doing it and all that stuff? So it's just interesting to me.
1: It is, it's difficult because you still look at like the things that I love, which are, you know, storytelling and and comics, but it's, that's, it's going to start going the way of a very literary, uh, uh, reader base. Like, you know, the first thing that's going to go is going to be print. And that's, just going to break my heart because i hate looking at comics on a monitor I yeah same it.
0: it's, it's challenging i've been trying to do it with my ipod or my ipad at night i started yeah. to read some comics and stuff and it's like man it's just um i think it's because there's a nostalgia and familiarity that we have with books that the new well, generation doesn't necessarily you know but the the value of it and yeah publishing and paper and all that stuff is going to go away and it's going to be a bummer but I think right. it'll always be there. It's like like I always equate it to like the Broadway musical. Like musicals and, and theatrical plays have been around for fucking ever, you know. And they're right. still they're still around, but they're for that few people that really love it. And they those people really love it. Like they go to the New York Broadway and they see and there's a phenomenal acting and all this this whole production and there's tons right. of work and there's a there's a following for it, but it's very niche. You know, it's not as big as it used to be. You know. And I see that happening for Hollywood and I see that happening for movies actually, personally, I think it's on its way out as its art form. And there's another thing that's going to come and take its place. It's going to be a whole different thing that it's going to be hard to even understand. I think at first, but the newer generation is going to be able to digest it and understand it. And it's going to come become its own commerce. I think, you know,
1: yeah, everything ebbs and flows and, you know, comes in and out, but it's, it's it's uh it's not just the idea of like holding something physical in your hands to sure. read a comic. There is something, uh you know, between like you either have this light that glares through an image that puts it into your eyes like an iPad or there is something that it's not just physical like. The way the ink lays on the paper yeah. do, does alter and change and make that image a different thing. Yep, and it's and so printed imagery is beautiful because of that interaction between ink and paper. It's not just I can look at it and it's not some glowing image. They actually it actually changes it on a certain level, and then when you look at it on an iPad, it, it becomes almost more crayon you know it's just like the the colors are overly saturated things shoot out and you you know it's just there's That's there's something the ret- beautiful yeah, about print it's a,
0: it's a red- <laughs> <laughs> By the retina bro buy the retina yeah yeah people are fucking so i'm no i'm i'm right there with you you know you you read it and you read it at tunston light and you're sitting at in your bed at night And then you read it in the daytime with sunlight, you get the whole different experience with when the colors, the way the colors were laid out, and how you see them. You go on your iPad. Like, I have a Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller thing, I think it is for Dark Knight Returns. And I have it, I have it, I have like three different editions of it, and then I also have a digital version of it. And and I go through it in different ways. And yeah, there's an absolute different change every time, you know, like I observe it and know, go like, oh, that's interesting, the ink is different here, even from these two different editions and when i look on the screen it's totally different from these as well it's like much more like muted out and it's 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 just interesting though i think it's a way that you're experiencing things you know it's like it's like i guess it's like you can go to a gallery and look at a really beautiful piece of work in person you see the expression and the brush strokes and and all the energy or you can look it on online you know so they have different right. levels of exp- of appreciation i think you know so
1: yeah, you can learn and get exposure and, and ed- educate yourself when you're looking at books and online. But uh, there is there's a reason why it was painted. You know, they're like going and seeing, you know, if people are like, oh, I don't need to go see that show. I bought the catalog. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> the, the, the level of difference, you know, because yeah. print is great, but it's not going to show you that depth in those layers like there's there's something tactile that we as humans always need to experience to actually, you know, it was David Lynch when the iPhone first came out, he, he did that ad that was basically saying like, if you watch a movie on your iPhone and you think you've experienced that, what the director intended, you're fucking insane. Yeah. You're stupid. Yeah. I guess it's,
0: <laughs> yeah and it's just way you experience different ways of content, but that's really, it's really interesting too, because like when I was uh, commuting to LA every, every day, There was a, I would watch movies on like my laptop and I hated that experience, but it was like, I had to get the content in there, you know? And then sometimes Mm -hmm. I'd watch like stuff through my iPhone and it was the same thing. I'd be like, this sucks. But I would see so many other people, that's what they would be doing. And that's how I was like, man, this is really interesting because it's very important to observe how people are consuming it. And it goes to, you know, like we're sensitive content creators. Not everybody sees it the same way, you know, like, and, and oh, David, David Lynch is, is one of those guys that really creates, uh, out, out there kind of stuff that not everybody gets, you know, he's got a very niche kind of like audience. I would imagine that kind of yeah. has, can go on that same wavelength as him and his intentions. But what, what's interesting to me is it's really key to be observant of like how people are digesting this stuff, you know, because it, when it comes down to business, it's you are your success. Like money wise is based on how many eyes, are willing right seeing it you know and that's why you're saying like you're you're because you're established you're going to go through the main channels probably just because it's going to help you you know get the um i guess what it would be like the um you know when you put effort in you get it back i guess what is that yeah what's that freaking thing called i can't remember the diminishing returns or return yeah uh an investment or whatever so yeah but that's i mean that's cool you know jealous you bastard (laughs) <laughs> give, give me that power <laughs> no that's earned power that's awesome no that's we'll see
1: i haven't i haven't pitched anything in so long so we'll we'll see how that goes i i could wind up being you know schlepping my stuff on kickstarter so i have no idea Dude. um well yeah you know, regardless we'll
0: regardless uh i'll buy it so you'll at least have the 20 dollars that i'll give you yes
1: <laughs> there we go either way i'm gonna be doing comics and you know it's, yeah i i fucking love them i love yeah I love making images I love making story even my paintings are you know narrative uh, in nature to some point because I you know if if you don't have that I don't know there's something beautiful about even subliminal or subconscious storytelling but you know uh, an image just to an, Im- an image just for aesthetics is is nice but it doesn't bring you back you you look yeah. at it once and it's great but yeah you can't come back and see something deeper in it you know and,
0: oh totally man totally it's a really interesting exchange and like i said there's this there's this really dynamic i think that the interesting dynamic that happens between a content creator and uh the the witness of the work itself and how people interpret it and stuff you ever you ever trip out because i mean you just recently had a really big art show do you ever trip out on just like kind of watching people watch your work
1: it's It's incredible i uh...
0: (laughs) you watch what they're looking at
1: right and I, how long they're looking at it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If someone walks by a painting and just says that's nice, that's, that's where I fail. Like that's <laughs> mediocrity and I can't stand it. <laughs> uh, like hate it or love it, man, but don't just like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. One way or the other, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, that horrible question of what were you thinking or feeling when you did this? I I've never, I've, I don't answer those. I, sure. People already have something in their brain and, and it's not wrong. Because once I put it on the wall, it's it's public domain. It's theirs, you know yeah. and so I always respond with like, Well, what do you think? Yeah. And, <laughs> and they just go a mile a minute and I love it because they see shit that no way was I ever thinking. Of course, but yeah. you know, you know, that I, I can't ask what someone sees in a cloud and they tell me and I was like, Oh, that's bullshit, that's wrong. Yeah. I'm like, no, you you know, here's the it means something different to you because you're bringing your own personal history to it. Sure. And I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're they're they're projecting, you know. Uh um, yeah. and they're projecting their own like just thoughts and experience on it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's what's really uh that's the cool layered experience of all this stuff is as a content creator, and then if you're out there, you're doing it, you're showing it, you're releasing it, exposing it to the world, then you're seeing it back and forth. You know, there's this really interesting dynamic that comes back and forth and you get all these different la- layers of experience, which is really awesome as well. Like you're getting these like you create it; it's in your head. You create it, and then you go out there. You show it, and then you get to see people experience it. It's just like it's like a never ending relationship, you know.
1: Then you're oh, creating more work. And it's like this spiral, you know. Yeah, the I you know I, I wouldn't be a uh, the only thing I pretty much stop at is trying to create music. But other than that, like I wouldn't be a purist on anything. My I draw comic books. I bring whatever I learn from painting into the comics. I bring a lot of my comic uh, education into my paintings. The, the shows I have are, you know, half ink and works on paper and they're half paintings. Like every, every fucking thing, like next year will be sculpture in the show. Like I, I just want every possible thing that I can make and that I can be honest when I'm making it. Uh, I want that to exist.
0: That's cool, man. I mean, that's a good way to go about it. I think is is like putting your, all into it and just being expressive with it you know and seeing it all at all dimensions that's what's cool I didn't realize that you did film as well that's what's cool I mean I mean I don't know it's uh I want to see these films so I'm curious. that sounds
1: better than what I actually did oh okay <laughs> so
0: well is it like is it just um just like when you did you when did you make these things
1: uh it was a few years ago but it was you know one was like a kind of a a dark dark comedic horror short and you know stuff like that but, And it was just done because I wanted to, you know.
0: Wanted to do it. I wanted
1: to, it was funny and I wanted to give it a shot and I wanted to put blood on people. (laughs) Did you, do you ever feel like you would go back and to do
0: narrative um, film as well?
1: I actually, it was the, uh, see, this, this interview works out because you were like, you were talking about having a great team changes everything. I'm like, oh, all right, that might be worth a shot again. (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah you never uh, know right you never know who you can get yeah. connected with and how people react and stuff there's there's uh i've been doing a ton of studying on it and just people's interactions with one another you know you have like there's some collaborators like um like, just an example because i'm sure you're f- very familiar with it and people are listening it's like the shining right like kubrick is a very unique person uh when you create uh, films and stuff and, and when they created the shining they the steadicam was actually i think it was in Created during that that film oh, wow. or around that film, so it was not really existent before before that, and he didn't use it for everything, obviously, but he used it for a lot of stuff, a lot of shots in there, and he trusted that camera operator so much, you know, to continually make, you know, great yeah. great exchange of like okay i want this shot and it needs to be perfect and it needs all these things and so for a guy like him it's like you know he understands the collaborative art but he he only allows the people that he can trust within that range to you know give him what he needs and stuff which is really killer so it's just a matter of exchange you know like and, and, like we talked about earlier, it's like allowing yourself to be open for those possibilities of what if, you know? So, but I think really what the desire must be is that you must really love it because anything, especially as powerful and big as, as a production, like making a film or even a short film or whatever, an expressive piece of uh, expressive uh, filmmaking of any kind, um, it takes so much effort, you know?
1: Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah and I a, could see going back to it now that I. It was it uh, Bukowski and and Bacon and those and all these guys like always had this these lines of that they were late starters. Yeah, um, and so for me it, that's it. I've I've done. I've always jumped into something, and if if I didn't like it, all I knew, all I know now is that if I give it a couple of years, I can revisit it and have a completely different approach to it. Totally,
0: and that's a. And good I thing could to
1: totally know. see doing. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I'm way too fucking impulsive. And so I just (laughs) jump in and, and everything is rough and weird and hard and I didn't like it. And then when I have that moment to take a step back and look back on it objectively, I'm like, oh. Oh now I can see how to really embrace this.
0: Yeah, it's and, definitely the, the 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 law of attrition or whatever the game the game against attrition It's like you got to continually be batting your head against it and it's like yeah, yeah it's yes. it's not yeah it's not like this like an express you know expressive sketch that you get all this energy out in like 20 30 minutes you're like yes it's done um okay I'm going to walk away from it you know like it's like <laughs> it's something that just haunts you for years and you're like ah I can't escape yeah. this bullshit but different exchanges you know different different ways would you work on painting and all these like bigger pieces of work do you find that it um are there some is there some pieces that you continually work on over time or do you like have a cap uh, like a cap time on it if you're like do you give yourself a set date for certain things when it comes to paintings outside of like commissioned art for comics because that's obviously very regiment and to the date you know like we need our pages by this so and so date and has to be ready blah 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 do you have something with your work do you have a regiment as well with that
1: I have a I have an insanely regimented work day. Um which I, I love how some people are like, oh you're so disciplined. You're so disciplined. I wish I had that. I'm like, it's it's my job. Yeah. It's what yeah. I it's you know, I it's what I do for a living. Like, yeah, it's it's art, but like what you were saying with people saying, like, oh, you're so lucky to get to do this. I'm like, Bad No, ones. no, no, no. Like, yeah, we're <laughs> all <a> given <laughs> Yeah, we're all given the keys. At the beginning, it just depends on how you drive. If you drive, if you drive badly, if you really study it and become good at it, like yeah, you know, we all have something. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, you and I like got busted my ass to get where I am, you know, and and so it's I'm here at the studio, you know, every morning, six days a week, you know, and and making this stuff and the um, but yes, there I. I, yeah, there's always two paint, you know, one to two paintings that are the bastards and (laughs) they never make the show that they're intended for. Sure. And it's, they're kind of the, um, I don't know. I think I've wound up just justifying it as like, they're the evolution paintings. I'm like, I started them and they're so beyond what I, what I can do that. It just takes a long time for me to figure it out. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's actually, uh, that's normal though. I think. That's actually really normal, I think, for a lot of artists. Yeah. So, you're not supposed to nail every one of them. I think if you had complete no. success every time, you'd feel weird, wouldn't you? I would. I'd be like, wait. Yeah. My, is it, is my wife sh- yells y- at me that it's something.
1: Yeah. If 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 a painting comes out too quickly, and mm. I'm like, oh well, shit, I'm done. Um, and, and she sees it in my face and she goes, you know, it's okay. Right. You've been at this for a lot of years. Sometimes (laughs) it should be easy because you have experience.
0: Yeah. She knows you well then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, uh, I don't know. It didn't hurt enough.
0: (laughs) Sure. Of course. Um, because I think that's where we come from, right? We come from the days of just like it, this sucks. This really sucks. Like I suck. My work's not where I want to be. It's not, it's not getting the attention it needs. And so when you actually get there, you're like, you re- always remember that hard voice, you know, it's like a war, it's yeah. like a war victim or something, you know, like, you're like, yeah. you're like ah, you know, like it can't be this easy, but sometimes I think that there is this exchange, you know, and that's what I thought was interesting is I, I had the same thing where, and it's getting actually, as I get older, the work is coming out easier, I think, like the idea from my head, from my hand yeah. to the, whatever the material is that I'm drawing digital or, um. I don't know pen and paper or whatever it, it's yeah. coming out faster and easier and then I always have the insecurity like it shouldn't be that easy should it and I always feel like <laughs> I should be putting like 10,000 hours in each piece huh and then like and then I sabotage myself because I don't get anything done because it fucking takes forever so <laughs> but I was well, just curious that you if you had the same problem you know so
1: yeah what you wind up doing is is changing changing the struggle Sure. Like, you know, at, after a certain point, yes, you should be good at doing what you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so when I get good at that and and I'm with you, like the work I do now in comics or paintings, like I can get these ideas out much more accurately and much faster. So when it's not that it, I I I work best when I am struggling a little bit. And so it's not the it's not the, the, the creation of the thing that should become the struggle at some point. It changes where what I'm making needs to change. Sure. Like, okay, I'm really good at this. Now I can, I can accomplish this. So I need a new, I need a new struggle. I need a new goal. And so now it's going to be like, all right, well, how do I do the same kind of thing raw? Or can I make this more abstract? Can I, can I start pulling away or can I do different kind of imagery or can I start sculpting? Can I, um, you know, anytime I feel like I've accomplished something, I just get hungry for the next. That's I'm like, good, all right, and, um, well, what else can I do?
0: <laughs> do you ever feel like you? Do you ever get burnt out where you're just like, I don't have any more energy because it's actually very draining to be that kind of person. That's how I am too, and I and I find that it hit a wall like quite a bit. Like probably like three or four times a year, I'm just like, fuck. I hate this. <laughs> That's for me, though. I mean, everybody's different. And it, it happens and it goes away after like four days or so of just like sulking and just like super diva sadness. <laughs> I,
1: I appreciate that yours are four days. I, okay. <laughs> I have my th- – and, and god damn, yeah, you nailed it. It's three or four times a year, but I have between one to two weeks of and, and I, oh, wait one lucky, week, yeah. Yeah. you know, lucky enough that I've done this long enough where I know, I know what it is. I used to, when they hit, I used to just think the career was over and everything was awful. Sure. And now I'm like, God damn, I can't draw. I don't know who I am. I don't know what kind of artist I'm <laughs> supposed to be. Sure. I don't know if I'm supposed to be that. And, and all of a sudden, and now I look at those as growing pains. I'm like, yeah. okay, you're about to breach a whole different thing because you're, You're feeling a little static, but it doesn't mean that that week is easy. Uh, it just means that for a week I'm probably not at the studio and I'm just a whiny, mopey little bitch. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I feel super bad for everybody that's in my life at that moment because it's like yes, almost, uh, uh, and it, but it's like almost like it's a menstrual thing, you know? It's like just, I yeah. don't know what that's like. I can't imagine, but I I know Ooh. what a lot of it is chemically, like emotions and all these things are. Your mind and your body are fighting one another, you know, yeah. and that's how it feels for me at least when when I'm doubting. But I think that's good. Yeah. I think the goal of that and I think what what a lot of people fail at is that they feel that. It's very scary. They don't like it and they go away from it, you know. And right. whether whether they're right or we're wrong or whatever who's who it doesn't matter. I think it's just that we continue to go because yeah. the rabbit hole
1: is that that cool, you know. I'm always fascinated to see what's going to come out on the other end. Sure. Whether I'm apologizing. You know, I want to be strong and cool to my wife, and when those happen, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm such a little whiny shit right now. I just, <laughs> but I was like, in Can another we week or so, it? yeah, yeah, like in another week or so, I'm gonna do a drawing that's gonna blow people away. And yeah. but I was like, as far as right now goes, I'm gonna eat this ice cream and have a beer. yeah and you
0: just sit there and think and then i think what helps me get out of it though is um and i i I keep myself super busy nowadays so i don't really allow myself the time to do it but what i do is i add diversity to the thing so i don't just do only one thing because that's usually what burns me out but i focus on totally different cerebral experiences that allow myself to have completely different palate and chances to break from one thing and go to the other thing so it's, there's, there's like design that's digital and then I go to the art side and then I go to the movie writing side so these are totally different dynamics that really help keep me on my toes that seem to be working but at the same time I still hit those walls where I'm just like fuck you know I'm so exhausted but I think what is ha- what why those distractions help is it allows me to break you know like the there's a rest between it the exchange of energy basically and rest yeah. like if anybody knows about like working your body out and all that kind of stuff rest is so much more important than yeah. a lot of people allow, you know, because they just want to go, 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 you know. So rest and recovery is is just as important as the workout itself. So it's like a even fifty fifty kind of thing. And it, and it sounds like for you, you're reg- very regiment. And you probably just go, go, go. And the same for me. And when you don't rest, it's like your body's just like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, eat right. some ice cream and <laughs> go to sleep, dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, no, and that's it. The regiment comes with being here and being present every sure. day. But there are days where, I mean, there's a big comfy couch over there. And I'll take so many tiny little naps just because <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, if I'm going, you know, once I hit that wall and I'm done for that moment. I can't just force myself to stay at the table. I know what I'm going to produce is just going to be mediocre, and so I go and and I read and I, I find whatever book that I'm reading. I'll read for a little bit. I'll take a little nap, and then when I pop up, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm like, "Oh shit, okay, let's go." Yeah, you're, you're right. Those rest, like just staying and doing, isn't going to be helpful. Totally. Uh, you know, you need to rest that brain. You need to, you know, let it figure its stuff out yeah Uh, when you when you don't that's when you're up all night because you finally rested your body and now your brain's kicking in and wants to do a million things
0: yeah i was going to ask you too do you have a like a wonder moment because like i have a a blissful moment i think it's due to sleep deprivation but it usually hits in like at three o'clock in the morning i get it's like this blissful kick of like all this endorphins and it's like all the ideas and everything kind of like just pour out and everything makes sense and just I don't know. Oh,
1: I miss being, I miss being the night shift guy.
0: Uh, <laughs> is your, like, uh, is it being, you know, have you changed your whole setup then?
1: To be- yeah. My, my natural work and I did it for like 10 years was, was, uh, um, around nine at night to around, uh, seven in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I have, and, I have friends that do that still. So. Oh, and now I, I found a way to kind of get that same thing. And that, and really it only works with having the studio outside of the house. But, um, I have, I have two moments. I have two work days. And as soon as I wake up, uh, six o'clock and I'm at the studio by six thirty or seven and I just go straight into the drawing. And for hours, it's that really beautiful, pure, I haven't, you know, checked email. I haven't looked at art books. Like it's just me. It's just coming out Yeah. and, and it's good for a good few hours. And then I have to stop and then I'll, you know you still have to keep the body going, so then I'll exercise for a little bit and read and and hang out and then when the afternoon kicks in around three in the afternoon, holy shit i'm it's like you know six thirty in the morning again, like it's a whole different uh and then so I have basically like two spurts throughout the day, That's which awesome. are about three to four hours each.
0: Ooh, you lucky guy. Yeah, I notice that if you don't, if I I get really pissed and and frustrated and like mentally constipated if I don't allow myself to the three block three hour block at least one a day, yeah. but, and it's really challenging for me because all the freaking distractions and and the life that I allow to happen, but. Those, yeah. the, the great thing though is when you get those three to four like when i get a four hour block i'm like fuck yeah like i just go in there it's just like oh, i yeah. forget it don't and everything fades away four hours later i'm like oh, whoa that was weird and i get away from it and i go <laughs> go eat like a chip or something and you're like ah oh, yeah that I all right go back to the four hour you know but i find that it's challenging for me nowadays to get the four hour block you know and that's cool to hear and it's actually a very common thing and, and uh, i've read about it and it's um common from other artists too that if they can get their block of like three to four hours of just like yeah. intense work and then take a break like a 30 minute break and then back to it um it's really great i've been reading a lot of like self-help books with time management and shit because like i was so bad i was like spinning out of control and it's been really helping me out a lot too do you ever get any of that, any of that stuff or you're just
1: like F-ing. Oh yeah! Anybody, yeah, anybody listening to this? You know the the War of Art. Holy shit!
0: I love it. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's actually been on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of times, which is really awesome because Joe is a big advocate of his book as well. And I listen to that that uh, audio book quite a quite a lot. If you like that, there's a couple other books I'd highly recommend. There's one called um, Eat That Frog. I've recommended it a lot on this podcast. But oh, nice! That, that guy really articulates stuff um, amazingly well, and that's actually what's helped me pursue my comic stuff or, like, graphic stuff because it's, like, I can actually do this. I really feel that I can actually achieve this goal because I take it a day at a time rather than this, like, big idea that I have, you know? So the idea is, like, writing out everything that you want, right, and then taking, like, the key things that you really want and then extrapolating on that step, like, every like oh a year would take me to do this a year and then break that into six months and then break that into each month and then break that into a week and then to a day and then you basically have a roadmap to your goal you know like uh, it's not exactly accurate because it's still abstract thoughts but it helps it helps you get closer to your goal and that's to me is super important because I'm very goal oriented you know and it just helps me accomplish those things you know so whether it's like okay I'm going to read comics like I'm going to read all my favorite comics for like six hours a day for a week. I'm just going to read and digest and absorb it and go to comic book shop and, and understand all these things. That's just for this goal particularly, you know. And so then the week after that, I'm going to sit down and digest or like I'm going to, you know, every other day I'm going to, I'm going to write and I'm going to go observe comics or go observe films and, and write and, and observe paintings or something, you know, and combine all these things. And then, so then go from there and start building out like, okay, I'm now I'm going to start sketching and then, oh, I realized that I'm not good at feet. So I'm going to just like start study feet for three days, you know, and just draw feet, you know, and then get good at that. And then you build out from there, you know? So, but I I I just
1: want to, I just (laughs) want to be the person that discovers your sketchbook with all of these feet and
0: dicks <laughs> it's, it's just a bunch of balls I'm like fuck I can't draw like really good balls like my balls are always weird and op- lopsided it's just like pages and pages of balls
1: <laughs> and that's a goal you, you, you want to draw good balls <laughs>
0: dude don't be don't make fun of my goal <laughs> who are you to judge me you asshole <laughs> no it's it's just it's this this kind of stuff is really funny and I and I trip out on guys like Mike Mignola who've created an empire I trip out on guys like um, Kubrick and all these like, you know, James Cameron even, you know, it's like these guys that create like empires and f- crazy success, but it all comes from these um, same ingredients of fundamental like goal-setting task-oriented people, you know, like they all get up, they fucking put in the work, I mean, that's exactly what uh, um, yeah. our War and it, of it's Art it's not is just
1: art. networking, yeah, it's not just... No, I mean, know, that's a and, big and part the, of it, but it's not... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The, but the guys you just named, like, it's... I know so many guys that are going to get further uh, and, and and do get further faster because they're way better at networking yeah. even though they don't produce uh, on a certain level, but their work's never going to be remembered it's not going to be timeless and Where I fail on the networking side it's because I'm in the studio working and trying to improve and, and honing a craft and sure. so when you know that little spotlight you know the grand spotlight might happen a little later for me but when it does it's going to be real it's going to be significant and it's going to be hopefully timeless dude shut up you Uh, drew batman get out of here with this stuff (laughs) you fucker you drew the best of the best (laughs) come on
0: how was that experience was it like shit i gotta draw batman when you got that opportunity where you kind of like i mean i don't know are you a fan of batman at all like the folklore and all that stuff
1: Absolutely. I'm, I I shit I'm my pants you know, I'd be like, "Yeah, I can't draw him. Uh, I don't know what to do." <laughs> it it's difficult. I think there I think there's a very few amount of characters that have been that I think that the quintessential version has been done. Sure. And unfortunately for me, I, I the Joker is one of them. Um so when when I did this Batman thing that was The Death of the Joker that was supposed to follow the video game, uh it I knew that I wasn't going to top or try to, you know, do anything that's going to for me compete with what Dave McKeon did in uh, in the Arkham Asylum book.
0: Mm, I haven't seen um, that. I've d- I'm reading the Killing Joke right now. The Paul oh, Daney that's a beautiful that's story. A gr- that's a great one too. Sorry, but you're saying
1: the uh, his his version of the Joker in Arkham Asylum was exactly what I wanted to see of the Joker. So all I could do was like, all right, this is going to be. As, as close to what how, how I would really just love to see this guy anyway. But uh it's funny, I thoroughly enjoyed the Joker and playing around with him, but on the first page, I, you know, I was I was sketching out and drawing Batman and it wasn't until I inked the um the symbol on his chest and then I I called out to my wife and I'm like, I'm drawing Batman <laughs>
0: <laughs> How old are you at this age when you did when you when you were screaming that and in- at the top of your lungs while you're doing it. How old were you?
1: Thirty-seven, uh,
0: dude. So that's like that's just <laughs> last year, then. So, dude, look at all that time, dude. Fuck, that's scary, dude. Damn. <laughs> Decades of hard work, and then I draw the symbol of Batman,
1: <laughs> and it was so exciting. But you oh, know, yeah, and of those... course,
0: you have to be excited yeah. about that. You cannot draw Batman without being excited about it. You just, and I think no, that it, I think that thrilling. yeah, like that was one thing I thought was really cool. I read um, with one of Frank Miller's interviews. I think when he was doing Daredevil, somebody asked him to do Batman. He was like, "I, I just can't do Batman right now because I just can't do Batman." You know, like I, and, and then he goes to make the, one of the best, you know, Batman's yeah. ever. But it's it was so funny to hear that from him because that's the place that you should be coming from. You should respect it so much that you don't you doubt yourself, the ability to create your own interpretation of this really fantastic simple story. You know, like because that's what makes for me that's what makes Batman so great is because it's a very tight simple story you know yeah and and that's what makes Joker so great because it's the opposite you know you're basically getting that's what you know like Star Wars is so relatable it's like you have all these opposites happening instantly you know like your are direct yin and yang in film you know and that's what it's cool so cool about the Joker and Batman's dynamic you know and how they interact you know and so it's really killer I, I I mean that's such a fucking cool thing and that's a that's a real rad experience. I think we were we talked about it a little bit at Comic Con, but I think you were working on it or something, or you just released it or something. I can't remember. Um, oh yeah, it was fresh. Yeah. yeah. Freshy fresh. But <laughs> that's killer, man. And your response from fans and stuff was good? It was great. Yeah. I was I was thrilled. I yeah. We're gonna do more? It was... Poison Ivy's next? Not joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the uh... penguin or there's like there's a couple random ass uh um, villains that they've thrown into his world before. I can't remember some of them, but there were some weird ones. I,
1: I tell you, and and I know it's just because it was at the right time and whatever at, at my age when it came out, but if, if DC came and said, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll let you do for a miniseries, I swear to God it would still be Lobo. Yeah, Lobo's <laughs> cool. Yeah, Lobo's a trip. I, I would love to do a slightly more realistic but big dark motherfucker. I mean, because there's no it's kind of like Hellboy. Like there is no environment that would be uninteresting. Sure, he, you know, he can paint if you want it. Yeah. yeah, he's got flying. He he's literally has dolphins in space as pets. Yeah,
0: yeah you know it's yeah. it's
1: a weird fucking story. That's Simon, isn't didn't Simon write that? Uh, did, did Simon Bisley write that? Uh, Giffen. Giffen. Uh, Giffen wrote it. Yeah, but Bisley did the art for the. I, I mean, it, Lobo existed before that, but really busily put him on the map. That that's
0: because that's how I remember it. Maybe it's because that's when I grew up. That was when it like was hitting, and I, I, um, I became a fan of Simon's work instantly from the Lobo stuff because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Because I, oh. I always loved the non... Like, typical shit. Like, I I mean, I grew up on X-Men. I loved that stuff. The Marvel stuff was so much fun as a kid. But as I developed my palette for what I wanted, it was like I wanted to hone in more on, like, that adventurous side of, like, the person's – who's making the stuff behind it, you know, and and how they're creating the content and stuff, which is really killer, you know, and people's interpretations of things and stuff. And and it's just so cool, man. That's cool that you were able to make freaking – draw Batman, you bastard. (laughs) Damn you! Maybe when I'm 60, I'm like, hey, dude, just calling you up to tell you I
1: drew Batman. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> and nobody it was a gives a thing. shit. <laughs> it was weird because I never pursued it. I it That's was, great. And so when I got that call, I was just like, oh, that's random and pretty amazing. And the same thing happened. Even though it was only nine pages, I did nine pages of a Superman thing. And then all of a sudden I was like fuck yeah i'm drawing superman yeah and so the big big i don't i don't need to do the whole huge books but i love knowing that i at least got to i got to play professionally and legitimately with some of these characters sure so i can you know like i did one issue of marvel zombies that had you know spider-man wolverine you know and i was just like well cool i'm done i'm done with marvel this is great yeah because you got all of them in one huh
0: yeah yeah blew your marvel load
1: yeah, <laughs> I, got to, I got to blow my wad with one 30-page book, and now I'm done. <laughs>
0: That's killer. Are you thinking, is there any more interest to do more Batman stuff, or is it kind of, are you going to go and venture into your other stuff, or do your own kind of stuff that you're getting into?
1: I've kind of put the rules on, if it's, if it's a short in and out, then I would love to draw pretty much any character, like Batman. Superman. I, I'm doing a 12-page uh, Hellraiser right now. Cool. And you know this is this is tapping it,, yeah. yeah, this is tapping into every one of those you know that growing up with horror and want to do special effects, and I'm like, holy shit, now I'm oh, actually they're... you know getting the green light from Clive Barker himself who apparently i just discovered was a fan starting with dead irons that's great
0: yeah see dead irons man that's what really and that's what it solidified it for me because um those are you that are listening that don't know dead irons check it out because it's fucking really killer and the artwork is just phenomenal and it's it's a really expressive piece um as far as something that's in this like kind of genre you know it's a bit it's a bit rare for me at least you know um I know that there's a lot of dudes that were kind of doing stuff that's in this vein um, in, like, Europe, because Europe's usually much more progressive, especially like mm-hmm. the French dudes and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's a really cool piece, and that's awesome. And I, I, I guess it makes total sense, right, that he would be into it, and then he would, he would do the Hellraiser stuff, which is killer. So yeah. you know, it all works out. You ever think about doing, like, posters and all that kind of stuff at all, or is that something that – it interests you at like uh, G clay posters or whatever? however you say that word or like yeah. prints and stuff. Is that something that you're interested in? Well, is doing as well?
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's just popped up in the last year. I want to, I want to make some things that are more financially accessible to, to collectors and fans. And, um, I'm, I'm going to release later, uh, later this year. Uh, I'm actually going to have some paintings like, uh, some previous drawings and works, uh, printed on, uh, like not large, but maybe like, you know, 24 inch pieces of, of wood. Um, you can get full, I, I, this is all new to me, but you, uh, I have a friend that did this with his photography, but you can get full color printed on wood. And I want to do a few of those and then do some additional painting on top of them. So it's the closest, like a really a good cross between an original piece and a print, Uh, that is very, uh, you know, affordable kind of a thing. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that's uh, things to be, like, really um, a a testament of success, too. And I think with a lot of these guys, like, we go back to, like, Mike Mignola or something, like, his ability to create really great, beautiful work but it get accessible at like the lowest of range of of people being able to buy it so your market just spreads it's massive you know because more people are able to access it you know so it's more accessible and people enjoy it and stuff and that's cool i mean that that's interesting i'd like to see that and even even if um you think like like even um the rights holders to like batman or any of these bigger names would be like cool you making posters working with them or something like that or is that probably challenging to do with the guys that run these
1: these shows yeah once they get into the copyright that kind of shit is impossible but the um i would like to this year i am gonna i i think i've been focusing on the original work for so long that you know there it is out of a lot of people's price range that are are fans of the work so this year i'm i'm working on a couple of original pieces that will be released as lithographs or prints and killer. stuff like that so.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, it opens up all the market and stuff. You got to make that baby money, dude.
1: There you go. Absolutely, I, I can't afford a lot of the artists that I love, so I'm like, yeah, you have a print. Yes, that is what I will have. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, that's the same for me too. It's I'm like, do you have a print that I can have? Because it's you know, original artwork is amazing and it's freaking phenomenal when you can get it. But it, it's definitely you know, it costs what it costs, you know, and it's there's, that's the price of what it is. So, which is a great thing, but. Yeah. yeah man well i mean i don't know there's uh there's so much more to talk about i know that we're going over our time so i don't want to interrupt your rest of your work day but is there anything else like you know you want to maybe mention to um anybody that's might be coming up and up, up and coming or wanting to try their hand at this stuff that you do or art and painting or comic books in general is there anything that you wanted to pass along to them possibly
1: Oh, shit. You're throwing spotlights on you, dude. I just threw
0: it right on you. I'm all, hey, uh, you want to solve uh, uh, starvation worldwide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I just, you know, if there's something that comes to mind that, you know, was a lesson that you learned that was like, shit. If I, somebody would have told me. Um, it might have saved me a couple, you know, sleepless nights or something, you know which is like more broad form, you know, it's like, like you said, like, you know, be be respectful of your time or whatever, something like that, you know, like a Stephen Pressfield thing or something. So, uh,
1: Dave Sim, the, the, the writer and artist and creator of this book, Cerebus said a long time ago, uh, for two weeks, if you want to draw comics for two weeks, draw a page a day. If you can't do that, go be a truck driver. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, is that uh, and this, I, I learned this the other way of like, when I, if I was struggling with money, uh, or if I, I wanted, if I wanted to be, if I wanted to have more money, I was like, Oh, I can't seem to do it. I can't seem to do it. But yet if I was running low, if rent came or the bills came, I would do, I would pull all my resources and do whatever I could do. And then suddenly I had the money to pay rent and do that. And I'm like, Oh, wait. I do have the resources if it's important and detrimental enough. Sure. (laughs) And so this two weeks, a page a day thing really is, are you serious or are you just fucking around? Yeah. you have to take it seriously. Yeah. It's, it, this is not a, um, uh, you know, some people do get lucky, but this is not, uh, something that is for the faint hearted. Like it's, it's comics are amazing. They're fun, but just because they're fun doesn't mean they're easy to create and do and, and you, you know, you really got to have the stones to, to fight through. And, um, but you know what, there's, off my website, there's an email, Jason at jasonchonalexander.com And if there's people that genuinely have questions, it may take a week to get a response, but I got no problem, you know, answering questions on how do people can break in and struggles and shit like that.
0: You're a sweet man. That's awesome. I mean, that's a huge resource um, for anybody that's actually, and, you know, if you're going to talk to him, please don't make it a fucking Google question that you could find on Google. Like, figure it out, you know. (laughs) But if it's more (laughs) like, don't waste his time, basically, I'm saying. Because it's like, the dude's busy and he's creating content. But if you have something legitimate, a question that will, you know, that... Maybe you can help. Definitely, that's an awesome resource. You know, like I encourage that, and I always, I always encourage people, myself included, is to reach out to people that you admire because that's how you really you you want to roll with the same people that have the same intentions. You know, it's just you, you it feeds you feed off of that, and then you get better in turn. You know, and that's just a really great exchange of energy. You know, so
1: absolutely, that's, that's killer. You find, you, you find a career or a person that kind of is is what you're looking to become. And that's the path you follow. And then it you know, what better way to follow that is to tap their brain?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah absolutely man well on that piece i think that's a great that's a great way to do it so you you know i put the light on you and you 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 came through with (laughs) great success (laughs) no dude thank you so much this has been like in the works since like a last year so i'm super stoked i know you're super busy so thank you for from me personally for giving us your time and everybody that's listening i'm sure everybody's very appreciative of your time and we can't wait to see what you create i'm really excited to see and, and help support it as well so
1: oh no sweat this was great and um yeah we'll we'll bug each other after this is all over please yeah
0: yeah keep in touch man cool have a great day man and take care
1: you too thanks
0: peace out